Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 115 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Yasmin Grigalunas. Yaz Grigalunas is the CEO and co-founder of the world's biggest garage sale, or WBGS. She's doing her part to activate communities across Australia to declutter, clean out their homes, and donate their dormant goods to the WBGS events, where the items can receive second and third life cycles. The world's biggest garage sale makes donations from the profits of the sale of donated items to Australian charity benefactors, making a positive impact in the community through local charities. Yasmin is passionate about activating the circular economy at a local level to create major global impact, which aligns to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Today, Yaz's work at WBGS has diverted 3.3 million kilograms of goods from potential landfill, contributed $1.7 million worth of social value to the global economy, and created a passionate community around the circular principles of reuse, recycle, repurpose, and re-commerce. Yaz has been described as a one percenter, one of these people with a natural capacity and passion only matched by her energy for entrepreneurship. She loves to create purposeful impact with a focus on doing and executing to create meaningful outcomes for people and planet. So in today's podcast, we'll discuss Yasmin's journey co-founding the world's biggest garage sale. We'll get Yasmin's valuable advice about overcoming challenges and working in the circular economy space. And we'll hear Yasmin's tips for social entrepreneurs. So Yasmin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Tom. It's great to be here. It is. So to start things off, Yaz, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you to setting up the annual charity event? Well, um, thanks, Tom. So my background's really, I guess if you stripped it back, it would be sales and very much customer experience, customer service, and just serving um, the needs of people in business. And so my background's really B2B, and I come from that business-to-business background where I was really fortunate to work under leadership where they taught me how to be an entrepreneur back before it was even cool to be an entrepreneur. And um, and so for the, the leap into being an entrepreneur wasn't so difficult, I guess. It transitioned really well. Mm. And uh, and the garage happened quite by accident. It was back in 2013 that I thought, all right, we need to solve a problem. We called it donor fatigue. We knew all of our friends and family were really wanting to support great charitable causes, but everyone in our network was trying to raise money for all different various causes, and it was really hard to pick who and what to give your money to. So mm. I thought, well, let's have a garage sale. Let's sell all the dormant goods around our house that we'd been holding on to for the last seven years since our kids were born. And before I knew it, my friends and family had jumped on the bandwagon, 
started donating their dormant goods and the garage filled up so much at home that we could no longer hold the garage sale in our garage. <laughs> so as you do when your background is sales and business development, you pick up the phone, you get a removal truck, you fill it up and you take it down to the local hall and you put together overnight a world's biggest garage sale where 50 volunteers helped build it and we did $15,000 in revenue. Wow. So it's come a long way since the beginning. So tell us about this year's event and also, really, where do you see the garage sale going in five or so years' time? Oh, well, look, the first few years of the event, it was really a hobby. I would take a month off my job, donate my time, build a project and go back to my really awesome job. And every year I'd be challenged by the fact that I loved the passion project so much, but I knew that it was never... It could never support a team of employees because we always gave all our money away. Yeah. And it was only when, you know, someone challenged me to go all in and, and take a risk and actually build a sustainable business out of this that we decided to really focus on bringing large-scale events to the community so that communities anywhere in the world could raise funds for their own charitable cause through that circular economy. So, you know, if you look at it this year, we're hoping to increase on last year's results, which was 20,000 people through the doors in a single day and revenues of um, well in excess of $150,000. Mm. This year, we hope to have 20 plus thousand people coming through the doors again in Brisbane. But what we're trying to do this time, Tom, is we're really systemizing the processes, bringing technology into the mix and creating a platform so that anybody in any community wanting to raise funds for a great cause can work with us to be able to bring this impactful organization and concept to their own region. So for us, the ultimate dream is we want to be a bit a bit like park run. We don't want to be every single weekend, but we want to be able to bring communities together to be able to have an impact in their own regions where they can actually have that people, planet and profit for purpose um, goals met within their own regions and raise lots of funds doing something that's really awesome for the environment too. Mm, it sounds like a really great mm. goal, Yaz. And you're certainly working hard to make that a reality. I mean, I certainly would consider you someone who is someone who shows up. You know, you you you're actively at a lot of a lot of the the events in Brisbane, and we we run into each other a lot, which is great. So, being an active member of the Brisbane startup community, what are some of the pros and cons that you believe there are of being based here? Oh, look, certainly selfishly for someone in the profit for purpose, um, I guess, ecosystem. It's definitely a con to be in Brisbane when it comes to being, I guess, next to beside and in the radar, on radar of the true impact investors across our country. Mm. Although I find that that distance is, it actually creates this, I, I like to call it friction, but good positive friction in that, you know, we have to work harder to really activate and prove our model and it certainly doesn't come easy to be able to convince, you know, I guess people in the startup and scale-up land that profit for purpose is truly an investable organisation and that's probably one of the biggest challenges. And in terms of pros, Look, I am a big fan that you should show up. If, if you want to achieve anything in life, I think you've got to 
get on the field and actually play the game. And mm. for me, showing up at events is as much about learning as it is about giving. And some of my most favourite moments and collisions is uh, are being at events where someone needs something that I can help with. And it might just be my time. It might be a connection I know. It might just be something that I've learned along the way. But for me, going to these events and being in the startup ecosystem in Brisbane is just all about giving back. And I think that goes for anywhere, whether you're Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne or somewhere else in the globe. If you go to these events with a view to give, then the world will always take good care of people like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great yeah, attitude absolutely. to have. And you you're certainly giving uh, by jumping on board the Elevate Accelerator program as a mentor. So thanks so much for that, Yaz, to, to say publicly. But look, since since beginning the garage sale, what changes have you seen in the circular economy in Australia and how do you believe governments worldwide can do more to facilitate the development of the circular economy movement that you talk about quite a lot? Oh, look, what I love, Tom, about the circular economy is that it really is the buzzword of the buzzwords right now. And there's lots of people across the entire country and really the globe using the, the word circular economy. It definitely has different meanings for different organisations. But what I love is this, this not just conversation, but there's so much doing around the circular economy. And it hasn't just started now. This has been going on for a decade or more where people have been passionately pursuing an impact or cause in order to stop things going to landfill. And I think certainly Craig Rewcastle with the War on Waste series mm. has brought this whole repurpose, recycle conversation to the forefront. And it's almost like not he's given permission, but I feel like he's just shone the light on the need and the requirement for people to get active in this space and to start seeing waste as a resource, not as a piece of junk that we bury in a, a piece of landfill yeah. somewhere. So what I love is that people are emerging with passion and that's the common thread that I'm seeing in every single person involved in the circular economy. And this yep. passion really does ignite new opportunity. And I truly believe, and, and certainly the statistics prove it, this is a trillion dollar industry. For the next 10 to 12 years, there is a lot of impact. And yes, there's money, but most importantly, there's impact that we can make in this circular economy. And we're effectively reshaping the way we see things in this world. Mm, absolutely. So for our audience listening who may be beginning a new initiative, I mean, it's, it's obviously a very challenging task to build up something like you have. So do you have any particular tools or strategies which help you to stay focused and tackle the issues that, that arise, and I imagine arise quite a bit, uh, when dealing with the creation of, of such a big project? Oh, look, there's definitely uh, some tools. And, I mean, in our organisation, we use things like, you know, Atlassian's JIRA product, which I used back in, you know, back when I was an employee at the organisation I used to work at. But for me, I think that it's all about connectedness, mm. you know, connecting through Trello or JIRA or whatever your favourite program might be around project management is really handy in, in terms of staying focus and not being distracted because there is so much noise in this space. Yeah. Um, definitely, if yeah. you're passionate about the circular economy, jump onto the Ellen MacArthur Foundation website and start there. Yeah. 
and literally just spend some time reading through the projects available, the projects that are, are both utopian and real in this space. And what I think the circular economy needs and any big project of this scale and size is for people with passion to come together and to almost find their own niche. And I'm a big believer in what I call co-opetition. And there's lots of people out there involved in this circular economy space. And there's lots of room for everybody that's out there. Find people who are passionate about the same things as you or similar things and bind together to have a greater impact. And that multiplier effect is just so possible when it comes to tapping into the circular economy opportunities globally. Yeah, absolutely. So building community is obviously a big one for you, Yaz. So are there any other big tips that you'd give to social entrepreneurs enable to to help them to, to measure and communicate their impact to consumers? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, first of all, really get into and tap into the community groups, not just in your area, but there's lots of meetups that happen around social entrepreneurship. Certainly your program for one, Tom, is one of the best I've seen. And I think that it's about talking to people. One thing I think I've realised over the time that even we've known each other, Tom, and we do collide and, and come across each other a lot at events, but what I'm seeing is these beautiful pockets of passionate people who want to do things together. And mm. while there's lots of tools and technology out there, I actually think that, that the one ingredient that has the biggest impact for social entrepreneurs is that true connectedness with other humans who are passionate about that cause. Yeah, definitely. So you think that's a matter of just simply getting out there and building those authentic relationships to a point where you can essentially grow the collaborations and create opportunities together? Yeah, definitely. I think that if we all just tried to do our own thing and had our blinkers on, then we'd certainly achieve a lot, but it can get very lonely out there in the entrepreneurial world. And yep. I think that that's quite a common thread, whether you're in the profit for purpose, social enterprise space, or if you're in that true, you know, tech acceleration place. I think, you know, coming together for shared experiences is really an important ingredient for entrepreneurs to stay connected mm. and to not hide away and think that your awesome idea is you know, is you're the only person that might have thought of it. The amount of opportunity that I've had present itself to us over the last 12 months especially has all come from opening my eyes, listening probably twice as much as I speak. Even though I tend to speak a lot, I do listen even more. <laughs> but really then hearing what are the problems other people are trying to solve and instead of selfishly looking at what I can do, actually think about what we can do or mm. together what can be achieved. I just feel like there's more value in in that human connection than there is necessarily in finding tools to accelerate impact. Yeah, definitely. So you certainly come across a lot of organisations on a daily basis yourself then, Yaz. So what inspiring organisations or projects are you coming across that really exemplify the balance of planet, people and profit? Oh my goodness, I could probably spend a whole hour just talking about organisations that do this. But look, in our own local region, it would 
it would be remiss of me to not mention organisations, especially in the food space, like you've got Food Bank and Food Connect yep. and Oz Harvest, all just doing this beautiful work around rescuing food out there in the community and ensuring it via their own specialty areas is going to the right places. Yep. Um, what I love about those organisations is that, again, they're, they were created to solve a problem and in solving that problem they've created this beautiful opportunity of collaboration and um, I just love to see that and, and I see that not just in the food space but I see it in the, in the things space. Certainly, again, you know, if I'm looking at locally, you look at Brisbane Tool Library, you look at Substation 33, you look at Share Shed and these wonderful places that are tapping into opportunities to really bring communities together for a greater good around things mm. and whether that's sharing and sharing economy or you know like substation 33 um, taking a what would traditionally be a waste product and actually not just turning it into a valuable commodity for resale but most importantly between that rescuing of the product and the actual creation of a new product there's this beautiful community connectedness and life-changing relationship growth that goes on again with that human and I think that in all of these organizations if you were to go and speak to any of them it all comes down to people and I think that's I, I used to I won't say argue but back when I was in the corporate world I used to always say you put your people first and, and like profit last and yeah. back in the corporate world, my boss is probably, he'll listen to this, my old boss, and he'll be shaking his head I'll going, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I remember those conversations, you know, people first, profit second. Um, but I think if you look after your people first, and then the profit will always come. Uh, and there's plenty of people out there that will argue that, that point with me. But I think make a difference first and you'll always make money if you've got you know, obviously some business acumen and, and proof of concept and you've done all the necessary steps to ensure that you're creating something of impact. But, mm. I mean, you have to make money. There's no doubt about that or you don't survive and you can't then make that difference. Yeah. But I just, I feel like when it comes from the heart and our logo is a heart and I think it happened by accident but now I like to claim it was all on purpose. But if you've got the heart at the core, then everything else just connects together and it's, it all comes back to those people, like all of those organisations I just named, any one of them I would bend over backwards for tomorrow if they needed something. Yeah, oh, they are certainly a bunch of legends in those different organisations, especially around Brisbane, there's a really great list there. So thanks for sharing those. So to finish off then, Yasmin, what are some great books that you'd recommend to listeners? Like, Do you even have time to read books? <laughs> I do read books. I usually listen to them on audio, though. I will say that I cheat a little. Um, probably I will be a bit old-fashioned and give you a couple of my all-time favourite books that I give to my children, even at their young age of mm. 11 and 12. So my all-time favourite book that everyone absolutely must read is called The Little Engine That Could. It is a children's book, but it's all about believing in yourself and that little engine that climbs a mountain really in theory she shouldn't have been able to climb because she wasn't the strongest or the fastest or the best built engine so mm. for me it's about 
belief in yourself and it's a very profound, important book to read. And my two other favourites would definitely be um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. And there's actually Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families as well, which I really love for our kids. That's an all-time favourite and I just can't go past it. Yeah, um, bestseller. And uh, it, it's such a, I mean, it's it's life-changing. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think of one of my other all-time favourites. I mean, Good to Great by Jim Collins is exceptional. Again, getting the right people on the bus, in the right seat on the bus, it's a really awesome concept book about building great teams. And probably now for me, I read it years ago back when I was an entrepreneur and definitely now more important than ever for me as an entrepreneur is E-Myth and all of the other E-Myth volumes that come after it. But that working in your business versus on your business and getting that balance right so that you start to empower other people to help you grow Mm. a cause that you're really ultimately trying to grow and have impact, letting go and empowering others is a really big thing in in this entrepreneurial world and a lot of us can be guilty of not doing that but i think it's something that we need to be reminded of quite regularly yeah absolutely some really really great insights there yasmin so hey thank you so much for sharing your generous insights and time today we very much appreciate it and we'll certainly follow your journey and to finish things off yasmin could you tell us when is your next event and how can we get to it well, thank you, Tom. Our next event is Saturday the 17th of November in Brisbane. We are yet to announce the location, but if you jump onto our website or onto any of our social media pages, it, we're very easy to find. You just need to Google World's Biggest Garage Sale and uh, you'll be able to stay in touch and get all the latest details about where we're going to be, um, but definitely in the Brisbane region. And we look forward to people jumping on board to either donate the products between now and then or come up and be a volunteer or come and shop on the day. There's lots of ways that you can come along to support, but it's definitely a fun day out. So it's well worth seeing to so come on down on Saturday, the 17th of November. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Yasmin. You have a fantastic day and we'll touch base again soon. Excellent. Thanks, Tom. Really appreciate the opportunity. It's our pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.